Today on the show, we sit down with Chris Emerson. He's a preacher, a new blog writer, and well-known as the host of the Excel Still More podcast. We'll talk with him about his thoughts on digital evangelism and the variety of ways that he's been using media to reach people with the gospel. Welcome to Inroads, where we talk about the why of Appian Media and how you can use the technology of today to spread the timeless message of the Bible. Learn more about us and watch our free video series at appianmedia.org. During this week's episode, we're highlighting our recently released Lessons from the Land, the Gospels video series. It's a children's series that consists of 13 video lessons, along with a workbook, and we'll have more on that later in the show. We've got Chris Emerson here from Lindale, Texas. And Chris, I'm going to start off with a story. Uh, there were some women from our congregation. They were going to make a, um, a trek. I guess it's the Mecca of home decor down to Magnolia Farms there in Waco. And I remember talking to them and they said, this is great. We're going to go down to Magnolia. And then on our way back, we're going to swing by the church where Chris Emerson preaches because we want to meet him because they were big fans of the Excel Still More podcast. So you have a fan base here in Indianapolis. It's awesome. Uh, That's cool. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about how this got started and how you got started with uh, with podcasting. Well, I've been preaching about 20 years and of course none of that was really digital in the opening years and a handful of years ago, about eight years ago, I went to the Dallin Road Church in Beaumont and they were really doing a lot of digital work. Uh, they were doing sermons online, live stream, all that. So when I moved here to Lindale five years ago, we were able to incorporate all that in and just start reaching people via the digital platform and getting great response. But those are sermons. Sermons are sermons. They're, they're worship. You're in worship to God. You build everything around the scripture and you build everything around the idea of what you're offering to God. And I thought, I wonder if on the side, not as a replacement for preaching or scripture-centric teaching, could we just take some ideas that can help people, and can a preacher record something that's not a sermon? Uh, We talk about God, we talk about scripture, but we're able to let an idea be in the center and let scripture just sort of march around it, and that's very different than preaching. In fact, I don't recommend preaching that way. So I was just kind of thinking about it, but then at the same time, I listen to different podcast guys and kind of self-help guys and non-Christian guys necessarily. And I just saw the way they were helping people. And I thought, man, if we could put a little bit of God in that, I think we could really break through with God's people. Uh, so I got somebody gave me a little push last January, January, 2019. And I jumped in with three episodes. I recorded them in my closet over here, just sat on the floor in the closet and recorded them and threw them out there. And we've been kind of going on. 110 episodes or something ever since. All right, so I am not the only one who records audio in a closet. I am <laughs> yeah. glad to know that. The Thank closet you, is the best place to record audio. It, you it got really is. You and... look ridiculous. At least I look ridiculous. I don't know. Chris probably looked awesome, but I'm sitting there thinking no, nobody's going to believe the conditions of... So. My office is actually in the closet. <laughs> and so when I go to record, I'm like, this is great. I'm in my office. I can That's record here. So Chris, you've only been doing this for about two years. Yeah. Yeah, about a year and a, a half, year and a half, January nineteenth. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, so you, the trajectory for you, I mean, like, I feel like the Excel Still More podcast has just exploded. Um, 
you know, talk about that. I tried to do some preparatory work. You know, I, I did a lot of research, YouTube watching, et cetera, on how to launch a podcast, how to get the audience excited that you had, your friends, your supporters, your Facebook people, uh, how to get on the Apple podcast new and noteworthy. That was a big deal. We were really trying to get that, mm -hmm. uh, which gives you eight weeks of extra exposure mm -hmm. on a national, maybe worldwide scale. And we were able to do that through just a couple hundred reviews and ratings. It wasn't a whole lot, but you had to have your friends really ready to go. So I did the research on making sure you launch uh, with three episodes so people can get more if they want more and they don't forget about you in a week. Uh, we also did a little advertising two weeks ahead, made sure all of our friends knew and just kind of caught on in that way. And then the cadence, you know, it was Monday and Thursday all year last year with a couple of breaks. And, you know, you just have to be steady. I love this guy named Hal Elrod. He's one of my favorite guys to listen to. Uh, that writes the Miracle Morning book. And he says, you know, 18 months, you've just got to be regular. People have to know where to find you, when to find you. And then it can begin to build. And, and it just, it just kind of did a lot of Christian, you know, for a long time, it was just kind of Christians, you know, conservative Christians. But uh, we've seen some things in the last eight, 12 months that have really spoke to me in terms of an extra reason why we're doing this besides just encouraging Christians to be stronger Christians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and kind of walk us through a, a typical day. You mentioned that you release them Monday and Thursday. I mean, like that's, that's a lot. Uh, what, what's it like in your world when you're working on podcasts? Yeah, well, that was just too much. I was so excited. You know, the first six months of something, you're so excited. Right. So I took a couple of breaks last year, you know, a couple of months here and a couple of months there. Came back this year and I'm just releasing on Mondays and it fits in the schedule a whole lot better. I'm able to actually kind of think through the process a little better. And I, I think probably put out a little tighter content this year. But, you know, I just try to schedule the week. You know what you've got, right? If you're a preacher, you know you've got a couple of sermons, some classes and some Bible studies. Uh, I prioritize time with my family incredibly. I have four kids, uh, two teenagers, two who are younger. And so I spend a lot of time at home in the mornings and plan out. I use the journal. We'll talk about the journal a little bit. And you kind of lay out your day. And you know, here's my thing about people who feel like they get overrun and too busy and then they don't meet deadlines is they try to pack too much into spaces. Instead, I just try to space out two or three things a day. Like if I just do two mm -hmm. or three things a day, one frog here, one highlight there, then it kind of pans out really well. So, you know, maybe, maybe Monday and Tuesday is just for a sermon, you know, and then maybe Wednesday is the podcast day. And I just never want this to feel stressful. I never want it to feel forced or rushed. And so far by the, the Lord's hand along the way, it just has felt kind of a natural cadence for the week uh, and hasn't, uh, hasn't been a problem. So I got to tell you, um, it has become a, a regular um, ritual in our home. Um, on the days where I'm working through lunch, my wife will set the phone on the table during lunchtime. And I've got three kids at home, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. And they'll listen to your podcast. And uh, oh, really? they, they were, we are all kind of late listeners to it. So she's, yeah. she's still trying to catch up. Um, and I come home one day and I ask my daughter, Avery, you know, what, what was the podcast about today? And she kind of, she's the four-year-old. She's kind of like, well, it was about tips and strategies. Tips and I strategies. Think. And I said, hey, look, she remembered something. Good for her. Um, yeah. Although I believe that they all really, really did enjoy the episode about eating your frog. And that's become a regular part of our vocabulary at home. Yeah. If that you could pick a favorite episode, if that's even possible, 
what's what's one that that really kind of resonated with you as you created it? You know, some still stick out. When we did that episode on uh, the frogs, I mean, everybody kind of hopped onto that idea. I even did a follow-up later that year, Let's Talk Frogs, because people just kind of like that idea of knocking out one annoying thing early every day. And so that one did help a lot. I think there are a lot of people who shared that. Uh, as far as the tips and strategies go, it's that it's that annoying intro. You know, <laughs> at, at some point, you got to change your intros. They always sound the same. But for me, there are a couple that always stand out uh, very early on. I think the third episode back in the early release, it was based on Simon Sinek's book called Always Speak Last. Mm. And the idea of listening first, understanding and considering before you throw your information out there and how that affects people in the room, I use it all the time. I'd say I have three episodes that I use all the time. I think about that all the time. Uh, there's an episode called Let's Count, uh, Count Your Pronouns. I think Mm -hmm. about that all the time when I'm using a lot of I and me. Uh, So a lot of the ones that stick out to me have to do with relationships, how to improve the way you correspond with other people. But probably the stress-free chess episode from last year is the one I remember the most, where you can plan your day, and this is what the journal does for me. I can plan it out in a way that it just feels fine. I'll put a nap between two things and not feel an ounce of shame about that because I'm going to get two or three great things done today, and I'm going to be well-rested in between. I just don't think, you know, life's hard enough and there are enough stinkers out there to try to try to ruin your joy. I'm just not going to make things harder than they have to be. And I'm not going to take joy out of what I love, which is preaching, teaching and recording. And uh, so the stress-free chess to me was a big one because it was really about playing the game in a way that that doesn't make you grind. I don't like grinding. I don't like I, I get a chance to counsel young preachers quite often, I would say probably is a fair term. And step one is like, how stressed are you? And I said, look, three months from now, we're going to get that number to zero. Zero. We don't do stress. God didn't build us for that. So uh, that's probably the one that means the most to me Mm -hmm. that I think back on the most often. You know, and what's interesting, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, was that, you know, you're not preaching. And they're they're nuggets of of things that I, I know I, when I listen to them, walk away and go, yep, I'm adding that to my life. Or... That was really, really um, beneficial, and like it's a, it's a takeaway that I can really grab and, and hold on to instead of this kind of nebulous idea that I have to then mold into my own uh, takeaway from it, which I which I really love, and it's it's simple stuff like uh, discipline or stress or whatever the case yeah. is. Talk to us a little bit about the Excel Still More blog. What's that? Okay. So my brother, Caleb, uh, he's a website guy. So he built us a website where we were able to host, you know, all the episodes are there. It's excelstillmore.life. And it's got all all the stuff there. You can purchase the journals, the whole deal. But after a while, I got to thinking about, you know, Monday recordings are great. I used to do Thursday. I think on Thursday, I'll record a blog. This is my idea uh, starting this year. I'll record a blog that just backs up the Monday episode. Like if you want a little extra information or if you'd like to see some of the points listed out or if you want more verse references, I'll do that on Thursday. So I started doing the blog, I guess it was a few months ago, and I enjoyed it, but writing is not my favorite thing to do. I I like to speak. Uh, I I write. I have to write all the time, man. I got to write sermons and classes all the time. And so I kind of surveyed, you know, how's that hitting people? And I talked to some friends and uh, I suspended the blog. And I'm glad I I told you, you knew I suspended it. And I asked you to to ask me this question. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about it. I suspended it a few weeks ago. And I sent out an email saying that I was going to do that. Because 
I was feeling a little bit of that stress and weight trying to do something that just didn't feel natural and super helpful. I mean, you already listened to the episode. There are a lot of people who listen to the episode twice. A blog that echoes and deepens isn't necessarily needed. What I'd rather do is maybe just record a bonus episode every once in a while. Uh, Maybe just on every other Thursday, throw out a five-minute encouragement. I like doing that. So I replace something that I didn't enjoy doing with hopefully something that, that I do because I just don't know that this should ever be a job, you know? And, and I also think it's important that if you're doing something and the results are somewhat minimal and you're grinding to do it, like stop, stop doing it. I don't mean do nothing. I mean, is there something else you could do? Is there something you'd like to do more? Uh, if I had not enjoyed recording podcasts, I would have quit six months in, but I enjoy it and I'm still doing it. So we'll probably do more blogs. I mean, that'll come back around. It's just writing and reading and editing your own stuff is like, I don't like that. So uh, we're replacing it with something that maybe I like a little more, some bonus episodes. Yeah. I mean, so it sounds like what, what you were trying to do is is make use of tools that people were using. That really is, it was the motivation behind us creating a podcast. We did not start Appian Media with a podcast in mind. Um, in fact, Many people were asking us for it long before we were ready to do that. Um, but you seem to have have realized this is where people are coming for information. This is uh, what I like to say a public square where people are gathering. And so what can we do to provide them content um, that's beneficial, that's uplifting, that's spiritual? And so you've definitely recognized that public square of podcasting. I appreciate that you're still willing to try new things. Let's see whether blogs, um, you know, we could bring in a new audience or benefit that way. Yeah. So you mentioned maybe replacing it with something else. Can you give us a glimpse to, to what that might be or what that might look like? You know, I'm looking into some things. You know, we're always open to try things. I do still send out an email fairly regularly with links to different sermons or I do color, uh, color Bible marking videos mm-hmm. that mm. is sort of an old thing I've been doing for 20 years and Maybe I've been beefing those up a little bit and we'll be sharing a few more of those. We went through the book of First John and Second John and now we're about to head to the Psalms. You know, just something that I'm passionate about that I know will help that's more the speaking and video. The audio video is where I like to be. And, you know, you can choose. If you're serving God, you can choose where you really like to do it and you can do it. So I think between color Bible marking stuff and occasional bonus information, uh, that's probably where it'll settle for the rest of this year. Plus, of course, keeping... Hopefully good, fresh content coming out uh, every every Monday, Lord willing. I just got my fresh cup of coffee here, by the way. Sorry, guys. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Take a sip. So this we is the use... value of recording at home. My wife brought me coffee. Oh, All right. Man. I want coffee so bad. So, so <laughs> we use a term here at Appian Media. Uh, I guess I don't know if we coined it or if it, but digital evangelism. Um, and what, what do you think about the idea of being able to reach an audience of thousands, tens of thousands of people with a message, you're never going to meet these people. They're probably in countries all over the world that you're probably just not going to be able to go there and and speak to them. Uh, What do you think about that? I love it for a lot of reasons. I love it because the reach is limitless. There's simply no limit to who can be encouraged. I love that podcasts in particular are recorded and they're there and they may, I don't know, they may be there forever. I don't know. And people can be encouraged. Uh, I like that I don't hear from these people. You know, one of the prototypical problems with preachers is our pride. It's our 
it's our desire for accolades. You know, we want to know that it's going great. We want to know people love us. You know what? We don't need that. And what I like about the digital work is, you know, you put it out there and of course, you know, your friends support you. And I do get, I mean, I'd love to talk about that. I do get great phone calls and contacts and follow-ups. And I think we'll get to that in a bit, but 90% of it or more is just, I don't know, people out there every once in a while hear a story like, like the one you told a minute ago about your family, which is the best. I mean, that's why we do this. And I'm encouraged by the story. And I'm glad that you were an encourager and you told it. But I also like the fact that there are a lot of people out there that I think it's going to help that it's just about helping them. And it's not about me at all. And there's something about that I really like. And digitally, you know, you record it, you put it out there and you let God do his work uh, through other people who water. And I don't know, there's something about that that's satisfying. What, what has been the response? Uh, when you do hear back from people, what's encouraging to hear from them? Maybe how has the response perhaps modified what you then yeah. put out in the future? So here's the way it works over 18 months. I've been doing it 18 months. The first at least six months of that, you can imagine just a circle of my friends and fellow Christians. I would, I would have said at the time that 99% of the listeners were Christians of the same conservative branch as me, you know, that whole deal, right? And that was fine. It was good. And I thought, you know, I don't know if I want to continue it for them. I mean, they probably already listened to the sermons and stuff. But then I started to get stories around six months in about family members of Christians. You know, if you're a Christian and your dad's not a Christian, your brother's not a Christian, and you're like, we want to send you a link to a sermon by a preacher in Texas, they ain't listening to that. <laughs> Nobody's going to go be browbeat by some church of Christer, right? So what started happening that I love is they would say, hey, just check out this podcast by this guy. It's not preachy at all. It's like the biggest compliment I get. It's not, maybe our sermon shouldn't be preachy. Maybe there's more to learn <laughs> there we can talk about later, but not preachy at all. And so then you started getting, you know, a guy come to me and say, my dad and I have started having Bible conversations we have not talked about the Bible in 20 years, but it started with just something that you mentioned. He likes it. It's not preachy, but yet there's the word. The word's there. God's mm -hmm. there. Uh, and that's when it got really exciting for me. And I didn't meet, you know, as many of those stories as I've heard. I haven't met almost any of those people, but I have met a few. And then after about a year going into this year, I started to notice that I would get emails from people who you know, their friends who weren't Christians, they'd gotten into Bible studies because this was an icebreaker that was totally non-threatening. And that's when I got to thinking, you know, let's keep this thing going. If it's a bridge between a believer and an unbeliever to get the message, um, then it's worth doing. So I'd say primarily still, I don't know what the numbers are, but primarily still so, so many are already saved people who are just looking to get better like I am. But it's, used as a tool to just open up conversation. Yes. And then you've got to do the work after that. Uh, one of the things that I've done, you may ask about this in a minute, but we try to link people back to the Lindale Church of Christ page a lot, you know, even through the podcast, sometimes in the emails I send out because there's study booklets there. I've got a study booklet there called the gospel message. To me, it's the most useful four lesson message book for teaching people the truth on the planet for me. I've been working on it a long, long, long time. So just kind of bridging it like, hey, do you like Chris's stuff or that podcast or whatever? Go check out this website. And we've seen a lot of carryover by non-Christians from the, the mm. podcast to the sermons. 
That's great. Which then gets them to the website. And, you know, then you never know after that. So yeah. starting to see that connection between the podcast and the, and the church stuff has been nice. Yeah, that's really good. You know, we've talked about the advantages. Are, do you feel like there's any disadvantages to using media and technology to uh, to teach the Bible? Man, I don't know. You may have to be more specific. I, I know there's something there. Uh, a disadvantage, obviously, the best way to teach the Scripture is at a kitchen table. It's mm-hmm. never been a pulpit. It'll never be a pulpit. And it's also not a computer screen. Right. And Lord knows it's not Zoom, okay? <laughs> you need to be sitting down talking to people. So that if there's a disadvantage, of course, that's it. Yeah. You know, I'll have an email come in, I don't know, a couple of times a week by somebody who's in, I don't know, they're in Indiana, Indianapolis or they're in Alabama or they're in Alaska or something. And they're like, heard the episode, been working on it, really need help. Mm-hmm. Wish I had a church close, but I'm two hours away. And there are a couple things I can do. I can send them links to sermons. I can try to find a church in the area, but I just wish I was there. Yeah. So that's clearly it is not being able to sit down and really get to know these people. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And you recognize that the tools are there to enhance the study, but not replace right. the study. You're absolutely right. Bible's yeah. open, faces, face to face in the in the age of COVID. Yeah. Man, there's nothing like it. And I hope we've come to appreciate that more and yeah. just talking through the scripture together. So, so tell us, before we go to our break, just one more question for you. You know, what are some unique opportunities that have presented themselves with the podcast uh, to, to talk to somebody about uh, the Bible and about the message of salvation? Yeah, unique opportunities. Uh, last year, of course, this year with all the COVID stuff, there's not been much travel. Yeah. But the second half of last year, I had the opportunity to travel to some other states just to preach, you know, a handful of times a year, just go preach meetings, which are usually pretty typical, you know, you go meet some people, but going in, there were people who already felt like this is the interesting about podcasting, especially if you're doing a single person podcast and you use your pronouns, really the you, you don't talk about yourself the whole time. I've got a couple of critiques on podcasting if you guys want it later, but not for you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> no, we'll take them for sure. But sure. If, if you set it up a certain way, like you show up to Tennessee and you walk in the church building and they know you like mm-hmm. we're all best friends here. I've not met them yet. So one of the neat things is, you know, people come out going like, I know you and I'm saying, I want to know you. And it's just sparked a lot of new friendships. And you know what? Most of the people in the world are hurting guys. Most of the people in the world just need friends who love God to just do something. So that's led to a lot of follow-up correspondence, email correspondence, Facebook messaging, uh, linking them to website stuff at the church. Um, just trying to help. It gets a, that gets a little bit overwhelming. If I could tell you anything that gets, and I hate to say this because the people is what it's all about. Uh, but what gets a little bit overwhelming is sometimes you get a lot of those, you know, mm-hmm. people who want to be really close to you because they feel close to you because they listen to you each week. Uh, and, and having to kind of navigate that and be careful not to uh, have time taken away from my family for that purpose. But it's, it's the part I love the most, right? Like making a personal connection and helping somebody. So just a lot of new friendships and relationships. And I pray we just helped people. That's the whole purpose of this podcast, Excel Still More, is to just help people grow closer to God. And, you know, I think it's been been pretty good. That's great. That's awesome. So coming up after the break, we're going to talk to Chris about the Excel Still More three-month journal. And we'll get his thoughts about what to consider before creating your own media study tools. 
Okay, so let's talk about Lessons from the Land, the Gospels for a minute. It's now available on our website, and you can watch all the videos completely free. Yeah, that's right. They are great for Family Devo. I've used them myself with my own kids. Homeschool groups who might be considering uh, looking for something about history and geography or a church Bible class or small group. So there's everything from lessons on the Sea of Galilee and the type of boat Jesus and his disciples might have used to an oil lamp and how they use those, how they lit those, and the lessons that Jesus uses with that illustration. It's all really, really good stuff. Yeah, and there's a fantastic workbook to go along with the videos with great activities, discussion prompts, and QR codes that link to each video. You can find the videos and the workbooks on our website, appianmedia.org. Now, back to the show. Okay, Chris, so tell us a little bit about the Excel Still More three-month journal. What is that? Well, I'd like to think that all the episodes and everything that we've done has grown out of something that I felt like I needed to grow, and then you share that with other people. So I didn't build the journal. A friend of mine, Daniel Lee, helped me design it. We didn't do it to say, hey, let's see if we can sell something. Not in the least. I just was already beginning to journal some specific things that I wanted to note every day. I wanted to make some plans for the day. I wanted a frog to eat. I wanted to make sure I read my Bible every day. There's a section for reading your Bible one chapter a day and writing out notes. I wanted to ask beautiful questions in prayer. So I got with my friend Daniel and said, do you think you could design a journal that could last for maybe three months and and would have daily entries? And uh, he did a fantastic job. And we found a printer who is taking great care of us. And it's just been, it's just important for me, guys. I, you don't have to do journaling. In fact, most people don't. Most people don't journal. I'm working on a digital journal now to try to help people who don't like paper and pencil. But you have to set time aside for God every day. You just have to. When, where, and how, and you, you figure that out. I think it's important to do in the morning. But I needed to pray, read, and plan every day. So I opened this journal. I have three sections that I consider to be prayers have a Bible read and note area, and I write down some plans for the day. And that's the first thing I do each morning, aside from pour one of these. <laughs> and when I close that journal, I've prayed, I've read, I've thought, I've planned, let's go. And the days, man, it's been like 14 months now I've been doing this thing. The days just feel rich. Like they never get away. You ever like wake up and it's Thursday? You're like, What? They don't do that. In fact, you can go back and go, no, I did forget yesterday because I'm forgetful. But now that I look at it, I see, yeah, you know what? I did three things that mattered. One was a pain and I did it. One was a highlight and I did it. Uh, So for me, it was just about uh, Hal Elrod. I mentioned to you, uh, he has a, a book on that about the miracle morning and journaling. And I just wanted a chance to do it. And it's been really good. And I know it's not for everyone, but I will say this, reading your Bible every day, praying every day and planning your day is for everyone. It's for you, whoever you are looking right now, who's never done any of that stuff. It is for you. You can do it any number of ways, but the journal is just an easy way for me. So I don't miss it every day. I'm seeing a trend. There's a theme here on just staying organized with whatever path, whatever thought that you have, and that, how important that is instead of just kind of sporadically going from thing to thing and at the end of the day, like you've mentioned, not really feeling like you've accomplished much of anything. And it doesn't matter if it's Bible study or if it's work or if it's content creation or whatever it is, 
staying organized and kind of keeping track of, of what you're yeah. getting accomplished. Yeah, I love that. For sure. Yeah. And I can tell you from my own personal experience, the idea, and we keep coming back to it of, of writing down what that frog is mm-hmm. for each of your day, that hard thing that you yeah. need to just go ahead and do. I don't think we've, we've actually done the quote. Um, so where does this idea come from and why is it helpful for someone to eat a frog first thing <laughs> in their day? It's old. It's an old quote from like 400 years ago. Some guy this year, I forget his name now, I sort of cliff noted his book, but he wrote a book on it about 10, 20 years ago about uh, eat your frog. But it's, uh, it dates back to, I think it was Mark Twain that said it. He said, you know, if you, if you eat a big, you know, kind of nasty bullfrog first thing in the morning, it's for sure going to be the worst thing that happens to you all day. Mm-hmm. And the idea is just if you've got something that you don't want to do, you know, your taxes or going on a jog or whatever, you know, you need to just get up and go and do it. You'll be done by nine and it'll be probably the most annoying thing you do all day. And then, you know, you can enjoy the rest of your day with daily highlights and all this cool stuff. And what's really neat is if you could actually do that four or five, six, seven days a week in a few weeks, you look back and you're like, man, I got a lot of stuff done because here's what happens. We don't eat the frogs. But where does the frog go? Nowhere. It stays there in your room, in your living room. So then you look down, all of a sudden you got 30 frogs and you're overwhelmed and you're stressed. You're like, my life's a mess. Yeah, it is a mess because for the last 30 days you didn't eat any frogs. And now, I mean, nobody could do this. So what's really cool about it is after maybe three weeks or so of it, you start to realize that you're ahead of the game. Like you got your car inspected, done, like on time this time. You actually got to mail it in because you weren't six months late. (laughs) Uh, of course, be mindful of the fact that if you're married and you tell your wife that you can't find any frogs to eat, uh, she magically produces a very, very long list of her frogs for you to eat. She's making uh, you, you eat know what? her frogs too? Is that what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Then she's like, well, Chris, you know, I've been, I've been waiting on this moment <laughs> because I've got about 10 or 20 for you to do. But I say, hey, just give me one today. And that's how we did it. I'd say, babe, you know, it's Tuesday and I actually can't think of anything annoying to do. You got anything? <laughs> and she'd be like, uh, which one do you want? <laughs> but no stress though. Just one thing. Yeah. It's one thing a day. And, uh, it's been really, really helpful for me. So, so kind of, you know, talking about digital tools, what have you found in your study, uh, in your prayer life? What, what have you found helpful for you when it comes to digital tools? Digital tools. Well, a lot of us are newish to podcasts in general. I think, uh, going back probably three, maybe four years, I hadn't listened to any. Mm Mm-hmm. I found when we first launched Excel Still More that most of my friends had never listened to podcasts of any kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, some had, obviously, but many hadn't. If you're willing to learn, you know, maybe you're you're watching this now on Facebook or something, and you're thinking, you know, I've never done podcasting. I've never listened to a podcast. That sounds complicated. What's not? And it opens the door to lots of great stuff. I mean, I get to listen to guys' sermons uh, that I really love that gets put on podcasts if you follow their church. Uh, I do that. I listen to other guys that I enjoy, other podcasts that I enjoy. Uh, so just getting into this, you're going to find that it's really easy. Uh, you can put the speed to like one and a half times, <laughs> which I find that all men I've ever met in America who listen to Excel Still More listen to it on 1.5 speed. I can't, Guilty. I can't blame them. Sorry. Yeah, can't I don't know them. how people do that, <laughs> honestly. My wife listens to them at one and a half speed. I'm like, how do you get anything out of this? I'm having to go back and rewind it. because uh, I've I'm got like, these overambitious students who don't man. listen to it any slower than two times oh speed. And like my, my brain no. doesn't move that fast. No. So. 
So here I am trying to put in like these perfect pregnant pauses and these, these, you know, great, no, and it's just, no, they're just no. like, <laughs> get yep. to the point. Uh, so, so that's really good. I mean, I, you know, websites, uh, I've got websites I really love for study and stuff like that, but just, you know, get you some content going when you're, you're in those areas where it's easy to consume. For instance, I've noticed in podcasting, you guys have probably noticed this as well that during normal work weeks, when there's no holidays, no summers, podcast listening is high. Uh, when there's a holiday, it's half. When it's summer, it's down 25%. Because in normal routines, the drive to work, the gym, those are great times for you to consume something valuable and people are consuming podcasts. So I would just tell people, you know, if you're doing mundane things like driving or a long way to work or at the gym, you know, just Get on podcasts and just look up guys you care about or follow it on Facebook and just get in. So I'm a big encourager of that. It's been a big deal for me. I, I love doing it quite often. So what advice would you give to someone who's just beginning to use these kind of tools? So how can they be most effective in their study and in their evangelism? There, there are a lot of tools and some of them are more helpful than others. What kind of advice would you give? Well, uh, let me just be quick and direct, I guess. If, if you want to start a podcast, I mean, you've got to do your research. These guys flame out just so often. You know, they kick out these podcasts and then you know, a couple months later they're gone and they didn't do their research. They didn't, well, they didn't time manage very well, which you, we've already talked about a little bit. But, you know, for me, if I can talk about podcasting just a minute, I think there are two or three kinds that work and a bunch that don't work. I think interviewing people, uh, with special interests like you guys do, I think is great because people have interest in this stuff and you're serving that need and you guys have great equipment there. You sound good. You're all set up well. And I think that's really good. Uh, I, I don't think I, I like, I mean, you guys study together. Your, your other podcast is you're kind of studying, talking about mm -hmm. the word and you've got some nice, you guys have a really nice kind of cadence to one another. And I think that you work it well back and forth, but you know, we don't just need more sermons, guys. Like if you're thinking, hey, you know, my sermon's on Sunday, I think I'll do a podcast on those. Don't. Or if it's going to sound really crummy, don't. Or if you're going to um and uh, and uh the whole, t don't. Like you've got to go into this with a sense of professionalism. I believe there are two kinds of podcasts that really work. I think interviewing people in special interests like you're doing now. And I like, because I do it, the short 15 to 25 minute one person speaking using not a bunch of I pronouns. Good grief. They don't want to hear me talk about me for 20 minutes, but addressing issues to them and editing it to make it sound really good. Make it sound good. Get the ums. If you make a mistake, back up and fix it. They need to just sit and listen to something sharp. I mean, if you're watching television tonight, and you're watching something live, and this guy's umming and ooing and ah, you're you're out. Yeah, right. like we want to consume things that sound good in dual situations, like you guys have. Now you're allowed to you know, you can't go back and edit all that necessarily, though. I know you guys do some post work. I just feel like some of them have been the same old Bible banter from years ago. I just I don't know. I yeah. don't think that's the key. I think uh, we we had another guest. We had another guest who mentioned the medium is the message. And it's that idea that, look, if we don't present this content in a professional way that sounds good and looks good, it's reflecting poorly on what we all know is to be the, the most powerful book 
that's ever written and the most powerful words ever said. And, and I think none of us want that to happen. Um, right. And it's finding a marriage of the two. Yeah. You know, plenty of us can think of someone who has presented, if you could just get through the poor quality right. audio yeah. and the fact that the thing was 60 minutes and it really shouldn't, uh, it should have only been 17. Mm-hmm. Man, they had a really profound thing to say. Or you've got the things that are really polished, really nice, really professionally done, but it's all fluff. Yeah. Like it's, it's just yeah. like eating a bunch of cotton yeah. candy. Yeah. You've got to find a balance of the two because the, the message of Jesus is powerful. It's not cotton candy. I mean, it's meaty, good stuff. But yeah, if they can't hear you because your microphone is, you know, eight feet away from you because you're using your your phone to do it, um, people are going to tune out. So I do appreciate that was actually one of the things when your podcast was first recommended to me, Chris, I I did have the thought of, okay, I've had an invitation like this before where a brother of mine (laughs) created a podcast and it's, yeah. you know, I'm going to hear the echo of the room and it's going to sound like someone preaching. And again, there's a time and a place for that. There is value in preaching. Uh, but yours is done well. It's done succinct. It fits into one of my runs, which is great because I hate <laughs> to leave podcasts half finished. Um, so I really do appreciate you finding the right balance of the two. Well, thank you for saying that. Listen, I know I'm not an expert. There are great experts out there. There's better equipment out there. We're not, none of the three of us are sitting here saying everybody else needs to copy what we've done because we've got it right. I I know everybody understands that, but I want to say it out loud. But there are some things you can do to just get up to to a level that is needed. And Mm -hmm. then there's all these people that are miles above me and their sound quality and stuff. And and just finding things that help out. You said it, so I want to go back and, and just say this really quickly. Putting a time limit on the episodes was the most annoying slash important thing (laughs) that I did. It has to be under 20 minutes. If I have more to say, I need to cut out junk. I told you guys uh, before we got started that I must quit at 19 minutes. I think it's 18 minutes and 45 seconds with the intro and the outro. I often go over and I usually end up cutting out a bunch of stuff from the beginning part. The first third, where it was a bunch of, uh, here's the setup and all this stuff. And sermons, by the way, suffer from that too. Like we sit there for five minutes and you know learn about the weather and stuff. Like start <laughs> preaching, okay? <laughs> Just get to it. Let's go. We're here to learn. And you know, doing things like that, like making sure it sounds good and holding yourself to a time accountability and not using the I pronoun all the stinking time and just making sure that even if it's not, Bible study, which mine often is not, it it must be God-centric because we are God-centric. God is at the center of everything the three of us do, everything. And so keeping that message consistent, it's it can't, if anybody ever, if you ever hear an episode, anybody out there, and it sounds like, well, Chris really put himself at the center of that episode, and we're supposed to be kind of looking to him, then you know what, reach out to me and fix me, because that's not what this is. So a few little decisions like that, I think will just help people, which is mm-hmm. the ideas. That's nothing to do with us. It yeah. can really genuinely help them. Yeah. So any final words of encouragement for uh, folks that are thinking about getting into uh, podcasting or just really creating media and content in general about the Bible to help teach people about the Bible? Yeah. You know, a couple of things stand out to me, uh, more generically speaking. First of all, what, what are you good at? 
Uh, I've had several preachers call in the last uh, year who said, you know, I, I see what you're doing there. I'd like to do something, but, you know, I'm not really good at that. And I'd say, well, then, you know, that's not the thing. You know, what, what are you good at? There are men who are tremendous writers. So write. Go design a beautiful, get somebody, pay a little bit of money. Get somebody to design you a beautiful blog and write on it. And I'll read it because I know you're a great writer. If you have great presentation ability, go present, you know, find, first of all, find something that you're passionate about and you're good at. I know you're supposed to tell people to just try everything, you know, just try it all, you know, and you'll, you'll be fine. You'll grow and you should in your Christian life. But in terms of you presenting something that you want to put into other people's lives, like we can't just all put 30 things out there. You got to put out what you believe God has gifted you. I like terminology. I'm not supposed to like, by the way. God has gifted you with, that the Spirit has gifted you, and you've got to try to hone that and use it, and then ask for advice, do research, uh, and don't try to invent some new shape that's not a wheel that'll make cars go faster. <laughs> you know, find out what's worked for people, and then try to put your gift in that mold, in a sense, and, uh, and give it time. Give it time. Always give it at least six months, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today on Inroads. Uh, just an awesome conversation. I know I was taking mental notes of how we can make this podcast even better. Oh, absolutely! Um, and so it's it was just a good, good uh, conversation. Thanks again for being with us, Chris. Yeah. Thanks for joining I enjoyed us, Chris. It very much, guys. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. Yeah, it's awesome. Inroads is a production of Appian Media. We're a nonprofit video production company that is one hundred percent crowdfunded. If you're interested in learning more about how you can support Appian Media so we can continue to create more great free content, visit us at appianmedia.org inroads. On the next episode, we talk with Tim Mackey, who turned his love of scripture and unique biblical illustrations into what we know as the Bible Project. This is a conversation you won't want to miss. That's next time on Inroads. Inroads.